Hello and welcome to Society is Me, a Gen X podcast, the podcast where we go A to X through grunge, indie, alt-rock, movies, pop, soundtracks, TV and general generation catalano goodness. And- <laughs> hey! <laughs> we have sound effects. Right, thanks. Um, and today we come to you with the letter G. So go ahead, Lily. Tell us what G is about. Uh, G is, uh, good golly, it's the Go soundtrack, which you will have gathered by now when you press play. Still, it it bears mentioning. Um, So Hannah's just recently seen this. I watched it back in 99 when it came out of the movies. Super excited. I watched it back in 99 too, but you know what I'm like with films. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. And I didn't really remember what it was about. And I watched it three days ago and I've kind of forgotten (laughs) what I saw three days ago too, but I'm sure it will come back to me. Well, you you threw me probably because of the Deers for Days Dawson dude, um, because obviously you told us, the world in fact, that you have never seen Dawson's Creek. And maybe I was thinking because good old Katie Holmes is in this movie, that maybe the same applies. Maybe you just yeah, really hate anything. her and never ever want to see her in anything. Oh, I don't have a problem with Katie Holmes. She was in a really creepy movie. Might have been the nineties. Probably was with Kate Blanchett, I think, and she's like a medium. Oh, and I want to say it's called The Gift or something. It was pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. But it's not G for the gift. It's G for go. So should we ready, steady, go? Before we do correct. though, should we just? Uh, oh, yeah. I think we need another sound effect. Don't you think? Well, that's the beautiful ice, clanking ice, and this is the sound of little finest Finton's pink gin. I'm sorry, I just hit the microphone. That was <laughs> cheers of <off> me. <laughs> cheers. Oh, should we? Should we? Should we can clank? <laughs> Not oh, very clanky, are they? No, I think we have to go back to our beloved um, easy pour gin and tonic like normal people and you are going to have to move these foam shrimps and bananas away from me because they're oh, yeah. my favorite sweets and i've had far too many we're old schooling tonight sugar rush as you see they're tiny ones also from little i'm like a walking advert they're so good okay one one more and then mm. i'm done <laughs> and the gin is left over from our camping trip <laughs> which we we've never come back to gin before so it's all very exciting how we did that i'm not really sure anyway Good old go. Okay, so it was directed by Doug Lyman. Does that ring any bells for you? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, good bloke. <laughs> I thought it was Lehman, but okay, Lyman. Well, Wikipedia says it's Lyman, okay. but Doug. Why does know. it ring bells? It only rings bells. Okay, he directed Swingers. Right, okay. In 98. Were you a fan of Swingers? No. Oh, what? I've seen you it. I didn't, didn't like, like it. it. No, no, oh, I haven't really liked kidding? it. No. Oh, my God. Maybe I have a masculine energy then because I insanely love that. And I also love the soundtrack as well. In fact, we might have to. I got really, um, really into old Dean Martin and um, and co, the, the Rat Pack, back in the day, to the point where I put on a, um, a cocktail evening on Tuesday nights, pub I worked in, oh. <laughs> which were not popular at all. But we did listen to a lot of, of swing music and made ourselves cocktails. So it all worked out in the end. Oh, that sounds nice. We yeah. used to at school have um, like themed evenings, like Reservoir. We had, we had a Reservoir Dogs one and a few others where, yeah, everyone would sort of bring you, bring a dish, like, you know, potluck and dress up like whatever the theme of the movie was. Oh, that's so cute. We never did anything like that. Oh, it was lovely. Nice. 
Okay. Um, so Doug's um, next film, this is not about the 90s, but I, when I read it, I, I knew that I had to mention it because it's one of those times where you couldn't make this up. Doug's next film, sometime next year, is going to be shot in space. Okay. Okay. With Tom Cruise. And it's going to be the first film, feature film, shot in space. At, oh, hang on, hang on. You mean actually shot in, in actual set? No. In, in somewhere that looks like space. What the fuck? On the International Space Station. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, to coincide with one of their missions. I mean, are you kidding me? So basically, Tom Cruise has just become, yeah, literally out of this world, intergalactic Tom Cruise now. Yeah. I, I just find that a bit preposterous. It it's completely crazy. Anyway, uh, I love that fact so much I had to bring it in. Anyway, so we're going to start with the movie, and my thought was to basically go through it in order that the songs appear in the film, and then just basically vaguely mention about what's going on. And um... Good plan. Go, go, All go. Right. So the first tune is Fire Up the Sushore. Sorry. Fire up the shoe saw. I knew I was going to get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? It is. Who shall shoe shores on the shoe shore? You can say it in your head perfectly well, but the minute it tries to come out, it goes wrong. Anyway, it's Lion Rock. Here we go. Really try to find out where this clip was, which is some kind of news. Asparagus. What the hell's a shoe saw? Also, try to look that up. Ethan thought it might be a saw that cuts through shoes oh like Geppetto in uh, in Pinocchio this is I think machine. it's I think it's some kind of maybe um, those like plinths that you saw something on like a shoe maybe. lathe or something yeah and maybe yeah hmm. I don't know they're called something those things you know they're like little a shoe saws <laughs> well <laughs> I did google it and didn't immediately come up with of course it's a regular type saw thing you know but what but a weird it, thing to write a song about. Well, Starting up whatever with... Whatever it is, Hannah. Chew fire that machine. bad boy up, all right? <laughs> and get your dancing clogs on. <laughs> okay, so this is the opening credits. And pretty much enough said about um, that. It's got some great samples. We've got... Um, well, initially, the track comes from the 1996 album, uh, Lion Rock's album, which is an instinct for detection. It samples Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made For Walking mm. from 1965. It also samples Bram Tchaikovsky's Whiskey and Wine from 1979. Bram Tchaikovsky, uh, also known as Peter Bramall, uh, was in a late 70s band called The Motors and is from Lincolnshire. Right. Um, and finally, John Barry. Now, you might remember John Barry and his orchestra from last week, from Fatboy Slim's uh, episode. John Barry and his orchestra did most of the Bond films. Ah, okay, right. Is that Rockefeller Skank? It was Rockefeller right. Skank, yes. And um, the track was Beat Girl then. This one is called Fight at the Kobe Dog. It comes from 1969 because it is from You Only Live Twice with Shconnery. And fun fact about uh, this one, screenplay for You Only Live Twice was written by Roald Dahl. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
Um, second fun fact about that movie, which clearly we're not talking about, but is that Burt Kwok is in the movie. Burt Kwok. Burt Kwok was like the comic foil for Harry Hill in the 90s. Did um, you ever watch? I watched Harry Hill, yeah. Harry Hill and his badger parade. Remember the badger parade? Do you remember the badger? <laughs> Just remember the big lapels. And the very big, what's well, his, his collar. The collar, collar. Yes. Yeah. Burt Kwok was the, the other guy in it. I don't it was remember like his guy. comedy buddy in it. Right. Burt Kwok. Okay. Burt Kwok does this, Burt Kwok does that. Anyway. It's not that interesting if <laughs> you don't know that about him. Anyway, I think we'll move on. Second track, um, I do believe, is the No Doubt track. Ah, oh, this one's so good. Oh, one last thing I will say about Lion Rock is they're also famous for this. Which the Rude Boy Rock. So if you were thinking, who the hell are Lion Rock? They were very, uh, they did very well with Rude Boy Rock. Yeah, the this, yeah. They're very famous. Anyway. This is quite surf rocky as well. It's got that kind of vibe, hasn't it? There's a lot of big beat stuff here. So it's almost like a natural continuation yeah. from last week's uh, Bad Boy Sense. This is the incomparable, no doubt, of which we are both massive fans. And if you didn't know that, that's because you haven't listened to uh, our Tragic Kingdom episode from Volume 2, I believe. Um, which so check it out after this. I love doing, I love doing that pod so much. It's fantastic. But this, this was very much a departure for them. Like this kind of blew me away a bit. It's so good. Um, the first time this gets played is in the supermarket storeroom where we meet the gang of friends who are playing a game where you have to continue it by yeah. What would you call that? Like alphabetic. It's like a storytelling uh, Yeah. Kind of like the last name of the person you say, the next person has to take up. Anyway. <clears throat> it's, it kind of becomes a theme. Kind of like Mallet's Mallet, but with, yeah, more sophisticated. <laughs> yes. Yes. Slightly more sophisticated. And it has to be famous dead people. Yeah. Not just famous people or anybody. Was it Xerxes? Zer- Xerxes. Yeah. Xerxes. Yeah. Because you can't have Malcolm X correct. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like us trying to like, you know, match yes. match bands and albums to the alphabet. We yeah. do understand that. X, that's that's what our X is then. X for Xerxes. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's that brilliant scene where um, he's like tripping balls and he's got, and, and he's like communicating with a cat at Todd's apartment. <laughs> and the cat's like, <laughs> Shanghai check. And he's like, no. Chenko Jagas with a C. And the cat says, You're going to die. <laughs> Such a cat thing to do. <laughs> that is probably what they're thinking. And I love them for it. Um, so, not only did the track New end up on this soundtrack, but it actually was included on their 1999 album Return of Saturn, which was Gwen's period where she had the pink hair. Yeah. It's easy to kind of delineate the different periods, no doubt, just by what is going on with Gwen's hair her and, and also her wardrobe. Um, so she wrote this with Tom Dumont, um, and apparently the guitar on this track, according to Tom Dumont, is uh, very influenced by Devo, giving it that new wave sound, which isn't necessarily... They moved, they've moved away from just Scar and... Uh, oh. Anyway, uh, it got to number seven in the Billboard charts. The video was directed by Jake Scott, also known as Ridley Scott's son. Oh, wow. His other videos in the 90s include Soundgarden's Fell on Black Days, Splashing Pumpkins to Psalm. Oh, that's my 
favourite Smashing Pumpkins song. One of my favourite songs oh, it's ever. Gonna, it's going to get better for you. God, I love it. Eels for Susan's House. Luscious Jackson's here. And dot dot dot. R.E.N.'s Everybody Hurts. Uh, oh, and Oasis is morning, morning Glory if anyone cares about that, which they don't. <laughs> um, the track coming out again. <laughs> The track was produced by uh, Jerry, Jerry Harrison, uh, who was keyboardist and guitarist for Talking Heads back in the day. Um, and Jerry Harrison also produced uh, Live's Throwing Proper album from 94. Shout out to my husband who loved that album insanely. Really? Yeah. Um, Jake Scott also directed a video of, um, of Live's Lightning Crashes. Just a little fun fact for you then. Actually, the REM thing's coming back now. I do remember talking about that in the uh, A for Automatic to, for the people episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought you were going to just immediately be like, of course I know. Yeah, because it's the one where they're all coming out of cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> Actually, I couldn't really think of many REM videos apart from that one. That one is an all-time classic. Um, just uh, after this track, it's not included in the soundtrack, but um, Massive Attack. Uh, track Angel from the album Mezzanine. That's another great one. So I don't know if maybe they just, it was too expensive or whatever, but anyway, that didn't end up on the official soundtrack. Um, and that is back at Todd's apartment. Uh, Todd played by the amazing Timothy Oliphant, who I absolutely love. And he's just so good at playing the bad guy as well. He's just got that kind of mean look. And apparently he's a lovely, wonderful human being. Have you seen him in Kirby Enthusiasm? He's in, he plays... Like some little bit part. Does he? Mikey, Mickey or something. And yeah, one of those. It's quite funny. I love him. I, I do find him a bit too creepy. Like, I know that's kind of, that's the way he's been typecast, but. He does have intense oh. eyes, yeah. Yes, intense. Um, And I was just watching it again. I don't think I'd ever noticed, but Rona, who's played by Sarah Polly. Ramona. Why were we talking about Ramona? That oh, because no, Rona. Was, no, no, no. But she plays <laughs> Sarah Polly. Did you oh, ever yes. watch Ramona, yes, 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 the TV yes, yes. series? Yes. And yes, we but were I talking about this with it. Ryan from Soundtrack Life the other day because yes. she was originally going to be an almost famous, wasn't she? Yes, she was going to yes. play um, um, uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter. <laughs> Kate Hudson. What's Thank her? Thank you. What's Thank her name? Kate Hudson. Yes. No, what does she play? Penny. Penny Lane. Oh, God. I'm like, dude, I've just said it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, so Ramona. And uh, I always think whenever I see a Chevrolet, which admittedly isn't that often (laughs) in Brighton or home, I think of Ramona because I used to watch the TV show and and read the books. And there was, she was always sort of like, I think their family car was a Chevrolet. And she was always thinking that that was a really lovely name. And if she had a daughter, she was going to call it Chevrolet. (laughs) Yeah, that's on a pod that we're doing with Soundtrack Your Life that's coming up at some point in time, which we will definitely let you know when it's coming out because it was uh, a lot of fun. And it's a great podcast, so check it out. Um, After the mezzanine track, we meet William Fickner, who plays the uh, policeman, Burke. Mm -hmm. Have you ever, did you ever watch Grace Under Fire? No. He was great. He played the boyfriend, Mr. Sparks. I've always had a bit of a soft spot. I think he's such a good actor. And he plays this part just so beautifully and just is so kind of creepy and intense and just you yeah and you just don't know honestly what is what is going to happen with these people okay fun fact about William Fickner is uh, that in real life he has a BA in criminal justice so I guess playing a cop for him is handy yeah easy (laughs) 
All right, next track, um, moving swiftly on, is DJ Rap. Have you ever heard of DJ Rap? Only from listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, me too. Um, is I he a rap DJ? <laughs> Actually, it's a lady. Oh, Ooh, Ooh, how presumptuous of me. <laughs> Whoa. Exactly. Um, so the track Good To Be Alive is taken from her 1999 album, Learning Curve. Her real name is Carissa Severio. And apparently she's a very well-known British jungle DJ. Huh. Junglist. Oh, not my scene. Not my scene. Again, my husband was uh, was into his jungle. I could not stand it. I I have dipped in and out, to be honest with you. I quite like a bit of trance every now and then. And yeah, I've, I've, I've gone there for sure. <laughs> Good for Surprising you. myself more than anybody else. It's like, oh my God, do I like this? Do I like dance music? <laughs> What's happening? Um, she, um, interestingly, she contributed to the soundtrack Rogue Trader with Ewan McGregor in oh. April, which was the story based on the book that he wrote uh, by Nick Leeson, the investment banker who single-handedly bankrupted Barron's Bank. Yes, I, I definitely have seen that movie. Yeah, that one you remember, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> and you will have heard DJ Rat's um, work before. So Nick Leeson worked out of the Singapore office. Fun fact, DJ Rap was born in Singapore. Um, She, um, well, this is a fun fact about Nick Leeson, actually. He failed his maths A-level. Oh, yeah. You've got to worry about that. Um, Previously, he ended up in Singapore because he'd been denied a broker's license in the UK. Which, again, red flag. (laughs) Because he'd committed fraud. On his application, red flag, Whoa. because he had failed to report a judgment against him by the National Westminster Bank. Red flag, oh, red, flag. red flag. I mean, A-level maths is quite tricky, but the rest of it... Mm. But you only take it if you're good at maths. <laughs> yeah. That's why people tend to get A's, because no, no idiot is just going to go, do you know what, I'll have a bash. No. <laughs> you have to have gotten like an A-star at GCSE, or you'd have to be just a complete moron, which I think it'd be fair to say... Um, I think the world would agree with me that Nick Leeson is a cock. <laughs> I got a B in my in my GCSE maths, but my maths teacher still oh, tried to persuade me to take maths. <laughs> like, I, I, I joked with him and said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do maths A level because I thought it would like shit him up a bit." And he was like, "Oh, brilliant!" No, I never ever would have dreamed of taking maths A level. I couldn't wait to Girl, get Girl, you are a genius. What? I no, literally, I got a B at GCSE. That was it. Apart from my boyfriend when I was 14 who did get an A-star. He was some sort of genius prodigy. I mean, all my others were A-star. Just not one. Everyone I knew got a C. <laughs> or failed. <laughs> that, was, that was it. What did you I got get? a C. <laughs> but I scraped that bitch. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, again, no one was more surprised than me. My parents were like, really? <laughs> Matt is Who did hard. you write for this? It is, it is extremely hard. Um, it's very hard for me, but anyway. Um, <coughs> so, DJ and for Liam Neeson. <laughs> Sorry? Liam Neeson. Who am I talking about? Liam Neeson. Who are we talking about? Nick Leeson. <laughs> Nick Leeson. <laughs> oh, Liam. Liam Neeson. Liam Nick Neeson. Neeson. Nick Leeson. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, they are interchangeable. Fun fact. If you stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Leeson. First letters of his name. You get Liam Neeson. I love it. Um, yeah, last fact about DJ Rap. She did a track called Bad Girl in 98 uh, with BT. 
um, who was another artist who was on this soundtrack. I was going to say, what British Telecom? I know, that's that's what BT means to English people, is a really horrible, horrible service provider back in the day, which now no one uses because no one has a landline. But yeah, they used to do, they used to do a internet and that was most people's introduction wasn't it to yeah. the horrible modem dialing up thing and um, and hideousness that followed and it was constantly breaking and they would never come around and you would be in this never-ending cycle of calling them up and pressing one and pressing five and then and then just getting cut off and they were just the worst anyway not that not that guy brian transo i believe is his name uh he's really interesting we're going to talk about him in a minute but Anyway, uh, that track um, sampled Check the Rhyme by Tribe Called Quest, which made me think of the pod that you did for Q back in volume two, correct? Q for Tribe Called Quest and Q-Tip. Obvs. (laughs) While that track's playing in the movie, Ronna flushes the pills down the loo um, to avoid getting sent to prison for a long time. Um, They don't include the Macarena, which I don't think anyone would probably be that sad about. Oh, do you know what? My kids were listening to it. It was on, it was on the radio in the car the other day. And uh, and my daughter was like... Wait, what, what radio station are you listening to? That oh, I was in my mum's car. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the radio. Oh, <laughs> it's probably the CD. She loves it. But the kids were like, oh, well, why is it in Spanish? I was like, well, it's a Spanish song. Julia said, no, 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 there's, there's other words to this. I was like, what are you talking about? What other words? She's like, hamburger, cheese, Burger macaroni, what's it? Hamburger cheese, pizza macarena. So I'd never heard that version. Me either. Apparently, that's <laughs> what all the kids sing these days. Good to know. <laughs> Hannah's down with the kids, even if I'm not. Uh, macarena plays when Manny is again off his tits dancing in the supermarket uh, with the cashier, or at least he's imagining it. Yeah, and spinning around like uh, like that Saturday Night Fever bit. Yeah. Which I like. I like that. I like that nod. That's fun. Night fever. Every time. Anyway, the next uh, track. This prompted me to um, buy this album. I believe it's um, Left Field and Swords. I'm gonna take a big old guess here and say you're not a big fan of Left Field. No, well, no, a big fan, absolutely no. I mean, I did have a few of their tracks from, like, you know, the sort of free CDs that you got off yeah, the music press and Uncut magazine and things like that. They seem to just always be on compilations, so it did kind of, That's you know, true. seep in that way, but I never owned a left album. And I never owned the Go album either. <laughs> well, this one features Nicole Willis, uh, left fielder of British electronica duo Neil Barnes and Paul Daly. Okay, so their style's been described as progressive house. Their debut album, Leftism, was shortlisted for the Mercury Prize, but lost out to Portishead's Dummy. Fair. And I think their next album was also shortlisted for the Mercury Prize, and they lost it. They lost out again to somebody else. I mean, someone give these guys the Mercury Prize for something. I feel kind of bad for them, like, twice in a row. It's a bit harsh. <clears throat> anyway, um, Nicole Willis is... Famous in my mind uh, for singing with members of the Brand New Heavies back in the 90s. And then Brand New Heavies, of course, we talked about in the G-Fod in Volume 1. Sorry, what was the G-Fod? Oh, Spanish yes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Galliano one, wasn't it? Yes. Um, so this is happening in um, in Todd's apartment where he's kind of interrogating Claire, played by Katie yeah. Holmes. And he does the Breakfast, Breakfast Club line, which see. 
So like in the late in the late nineties, in, in the late nineties, I was about to say it's a thing of. Um, we were really into those early eighties movies, weren't we? Yeah. It was like this weird nostalgia for something that wasn't even that long ago, particularly. And but history repeats itself. Yes. Now we find ourselves the subject of being. Yeah. I mean, I rewatched Throwback. The Breakfast Club it, not that long ago. The fashion and makeup is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the the bad the bad boy in it. Yeah. I mean, you could walk down the street today and be absolutely. Actually, you'd be fucking rocking in his outfit. I love his boots. Yeah, well, the nineties. Well, eighties revivalist as well. He was yeah. he was lumberjacking before the nineties even were yeah, yeah, yeah. even a speck in the head of his time horizon there. And this is actually this is like the cat's communicating with Manny, telling he's gonna die. <laughs> <It's great. laughs> I love this, but I gotta move on. The next track is Goldo to all the lovely ladies, and this for sure feels like a a joke track. This um yeah that bit reminds me of uh, God we've mentioned it before the um what's that bloke Jason Babylon Zoo. Mm. So not remind you of Babylon Zoo a little bit. This guy's even more kind of of an industry than that. So Goldo is actually, and it took me, I had to really, really look for this. Like it didn't just pop up. Um, he is Peter Goldovich. Um, he apparently was an early expert of Pro Tools. And one of, and this track is is the product of, of that. Um, Goldo. Gold. I suppose Gold D had already been taken. Yes. And uh, he's he's like one of these people who just kind of writes prescriptively for movies or adverts or whatever it is. He can just like pull it out for you with his pro tools and <laughs> presumably his MacBook. Um, he's written with um, one of the three named women of the 90s who we were talking about. Remember back in the last pod when I was talking about Jennifer Jason Lee okay. and Rachel Lee Scott, who I was thinking of, and I think I even said the Ghost Whisperer, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, you know, she was in I, I Know What You Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Party Five, was she? She was in that, right? Should I be calling her husband? Yeah, he was the fan, not me. But yeah, one of them was. Because <laughs> Adam in the movie is plays one of the Salinger brothers from Party of Five. He's one of the actor uh, guys okay. that's shorter. Didn't know that. Michael J. Fox looking guy, if that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot one. My husband is. <laughs> <laughs> one, yeah. Uh, Goldo is also famous for being a composer for Jackass. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he's also provided music for Pranked, Charmed, America's Next Top Model, and Drumroll, The Ghost Whisperer. So I think we know how he got that gig, eh? All right. <clears throat> nice. Before I play the next one, I want to say that um, that um, the next band on Spotify is named as Air French Band. <laughs> so apparently, Air, as we knew them, is now Air French Band. Oh no! Yeah. So where's the other Air from? Not France, presumably. I don't know, but apparently needs to be disambiguated. And it's like the London Suede, isn't it? No, what what's that? I don't know Do you, what that is. So R Suede. Yeah. From where are they uh, from? Her, Haywood Heath or somewhere. Burgess Hill. Yeah, they're in the States they're known as the London Suede. Oh. So, you know, as opposed to the Haywood Heath. Kentucky Suede <laughs> Suede is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alabama Suede. <laughs> so back to Air the French Band. God, I love this. Yeah. It's it was in Moon's Phone, wasn't it? Is it one? 
Yeah, except you oh, know what? I love that one. I've made a mistake. <laughs> I was supposed to play BT Believer instead. <laughs> I've made a I've made an error, but the reason is that you can add it to your playlist on Spotify, but it doesn't have it on Spotify. So unfortunately, I'm having to play this from another source. But I had to play it. I couldn't skip this one because this one is the BT track, which is called Believer. And it's so good. Um, and again, he's... you can't get this on Spotify, so I, can't, I never get to hear it. I used to have the CD and I just to play it. actually played it to complete death, but it's so good. And it really builds. And I don't remember this. It's awesome. You know, my kids came back from school the other day and they were like, can you play that Believer song, Mummy? I was like, what Believer song? And uh, so I thought maybe it was like, you know, I'm a Monkeys. Believer, Monkeys, yeah. was playing them that. I was like, no, not that. Went through, you know, anything that had Believer in it on Spotify. Clearly not this, if it's not on Spotify. But yeah, it was Imagine Dragons. So their, their oh. teacher was a bit of a bit of an emo kid. Oh. Not current teacher, last teacher. Oh, I could have guessed yeah. that, yeah. So yeah, just banging that out. Not totally my bag, but... Nice one, Senor N. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so BT is also known as Brian Fanso. He is an American DJ um, from Romanian parents. Bit of a musical prodigy. Uh, So I'm getting into this. He was studying musical composition and theory at the Washington Conservatory of Music at the age of eight. Whoa. He's a multi-instrumentalist. And he basically got into this kind of music by experimenting with loops and the building of the music, which wasn't something people were doing yet. So he uh-huh. was just doing it like instinctively, adding and adding and adding and adding and building that kind of crescendo where it kind of breaks up. He doesn't always even use um, uh, samples from other people. He's just kind of recording it from people in the studio and then taking it from there. Oh. Uh, apparently he got into Electronica and from the Vangelis for the movie Blade Runner. Alright. Which is an amazingly eclectic um, soundtrack, which we weirdly listen to at dinner time, channeling your dad, I feel like. I want your family <laughs> listen to it, Yes, you? this isn't driven the by The Blade me. Runner soundtrack. My husband is a massive fan of the Blade Runner soundtrack. Oh, I thought you were talking about your parents when you were growing up listening to it. Right, okay. No, Wait, oh, my husband's a huge Blade Runner fan as well. Oh, really? No, I'm not thinking of Blade Runner. I think of Blade, which is the one with Wesley Snipes in it. I think of Blade. <laughs> yeah, no, different movie. Actually, that is not bad though. If memory serves, that's got quite a good soundtrack, isn't it? There's lots of it set in a disco. Come on, every, everybody liked that <laughs> movie anyway. So, what are you gonna? Speaking of looping, though, have you heard this Brighton guy? I'm sure I've mentioned him to you before, but he's called Fukushima or Fukushima Dolphin. And he's been playing along the seafront somewhere and he does amazing like so I noticed him running along there the other day and I thought, I'm sure this is REM's driver eight, but like someone covering it. Got closer, closer, and he was playing outside the upside down house on the seafront. And just had stops absolutely mesmerised. He's incredible. And uh, he's often there just um yeah, playing outside the upside down house. But I'll uh yeah, check it out. Shout out to Fukushima Dolphin. You can find him on YouTube. So good. Now I think about it, I think it might have been you telling me about him. (laughs) Okay, so BT first came, um, known in the UK. This is such a good bit, sorry. I'm going to do that dickish thing where I'm like, no one's speaking. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. 
Okay. He became uh, known in the UK thanks to DJ Sasha, who everyone in the UK has heard of. He's taken his left over to Beats. Yep, happy Bernard Beeper. Um, so Sasha played a couple of his tracks in the clubs, as DJs tend to do, and they were super popular. So finally he bought BT a ticket to come over to the UK and see the response that his tracks were having, because it wasn't really happening in America yet. The whole dance electronic thing was really kicking off here in the UK, so he was like amazed. He turned up and all these people had just been raging out to his stuff. Um, so Sasha introduced him to Paul Oakenfold, okay, and then he ended up signing to Paul Oakenfold's label. Right. And uh, well, in the UK, he worked with Tori Amos, who at oh, the time wow. was married to an English guy from Cornwall or Devon, I think, or Dorset. Maybe it was Dorset. Um, and he's also worked with Sting, Mike Oldfield, and Madonna. <laughs> Easy now. Well, that was me powering down like BT track. <laughs> Did you go like that? <laughs> you got sound effect for that. After the ghost soundtrack, he scored the Fast and Furious. Uh, you're not happy about that? <laughs> no, I have seen that movie. A couple of those movies. It's a few hours of my life that I'll never get back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the movie, we move on to Simon's perspective. Now, Simon is a British actor. Happily, he's playing British. I'm not sure how I feel about Desmond Askew's acting in this. I'm not a massive fan, I'm going to say. I feel disloyal as a, as a British person, but... Uh, just feels like a very sort of tokenistic, sort of Cockney geezer, like, just oh, it's lazy casting, I think. It's just, like, super overreacting to yeah. everything. Like, calm down, you know? It's um, irritating fact about um the actor playing simon he's in wham's bad boys videos no. uh he was in well bad boys bad boys in 1984 that's how it goes right yeah i think it's a drag run sometimes they're the same <laughs> band to me <gasps> yeah um okay so the next track up is gangster trippin but we talked about this at length in the last episode, which is Evans for Fat Boy Slim. So go back and check it out if you haven't already. And if you have, then you'd be really bored if I told you about it again, so I'm not going to. Um, just a quick word about, so they all pile into the car, and this is how this whole segment starts, and he gets out of the boot yeah. and starts throwing up, and it's basically because you can tell he's like, well, they say he passed out, but obviously he's a complete animal. Yeah. And Tay Diggs. Such good casting, and he's so amazing in it. And I just love Tay Diggs. Uh, Brecken Meyer from Clueless, yes. playing Tiny. Road trip. Another guy. Now, I was thinking that he was in Donnie Darko. Who? The other actor who plays Sing. But I could be wrong about that. Anyway. I can't remember. Tay Diggs as Marcus. Three days just ago. fantastic. The, the dialogue in it is just the most fantastic interchange. It's just so good. It's so great. But you'll be glad to know that this then takes us to Air French Band. Yay! And Talisman, which is awesome. Um, so this is where Simon, who's heard about Tantra from Marcus, is giving it a go. Yeah. And neglects to notice that they've started a fire and obviously thinks it's yeah. all part of the ride. <laughs> Literally. That is brilliant. <laughs> they figure out what's going on. It's so great. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, 
also the bit where Marcus is initially, well, Simon takes the piss out of Marcus's like mustard blazer, yeah. which clearly he's very proud of. It's a terrible blazer. And then he gets mistaken for a bathroom attendant yeah. by a cowboy who leaves him a couple of dollars and then gets mistaken for a valet, which at that point he's over it and they decide to take advantage of it and steal the guy's car. Fair enough. So while they steal the car, it's Len, still my sunshine, which is amazing. I feel like we've talked about this before. Was it a one-hit wonder, maybe? Episode? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I could not remember when we talked about it. Yeah, back exactly in volume, volume one, I think. Yes, you are 100% correct. So um, I should probably tell you a little bit about about air. Yeah. Yeah. Or do you know everything there is to know? <laughs> no, but I think we should actually we should cover air properly at some point. Mm. But in the meantime, yes. give us a tidbit. French duo Nicolas Godin and Jean Benoit Dunkel. Not that French, I guess. Um, they were originally Dunkel. in a band called Orange with Alexis Lacrobe, who contributed to the Emily soundtrack. Yay! Under his professional name, Alex Gopher. Oh. Which is great. Uh, Alex Gopher was the soundtrack, as, sorry, the sound engineer for Mr. Wezzo, the flatbeat track, which we played in the Levi's advert. Oh, right, okay, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, um, That was, yeah, volume two, Ellis for Levi's adverts. If you want to have a listen to that, head on back. Not all the Levi's adverts, but Some. yes. The best ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's more to come. But back to it. Um, they famously scored the Sofia Coppola movie, The Virgin Suicides. Oh, God, another one. I just, oh, I'm not a big fan of Sofia Coppola. Okay, the movie was weird. For sure. I think it was a Jeffrey Eugenides uh, story. He also wrote Middlesex, which is, I think, a better, a better book about that. A teenager with, um, I don't know what the correct way to say it is now, so we'll say intersex. Okay. It's really good, though. Great. Great, great book. Um, anyway, but I had the Virgin Suicide soundtrack. It's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, the, film, uh, the film just put me off everything to do the with it. The film will put you to sleep. If you have um, you know, uh, any kind of sleep issues, then just get on that and <laughs> you will be good. <laughs> and the next night you just start start up where you left off. Yeah, I've got I know! John Barry's amazing soundtrack. <laughs> so take your pick. Air French band, John Barry and his amazing orchestra, or whatever they're called. Okay. Uh, the guys hail from Versailles. First album, of course, Moon Safari, which we both had and played to death back in uh, 1998. Beautiful. And their big influences were Kraftwerk, Kraftwerk, ah! Pink Floyd, and the Beatles. So basically, very, very European. Um, I've probably mentioned this before, and I hate to repeat a story, but I have seen Air uh, play in Manchester back in 98 or 99. I think I've told it because Sean Lennon was yes, their support yeah, act yeah. and he huffed out of there having a tantrum because nobody wanted to sing happy birthday to his drummer. Who <laughs> do you think you are? Your dad? At all. Um, but now it all makes sense why Sean Lennon was supporting them. I why? didn't realise that the boys... Oh, because they're big Beatles fans. Right. Okay. Now it's all, you know, many years later, 20 years on, mm. <laughs> I now see why. But anyway... Um, Never meet your heroes or your hero's children. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> not your hero's children. They'll be ten times worse. And it was a strange gig. Everyone was like, 
you know, excited for it. Everyone was completely addicted to the album. It was like crack, that album. Like, yeah. You couldn't turn it off. It was just amazing. Um, but then, you know, in the moment, there's two guys, and they just looked really awkward, and they just had, like, um, you know, synths. Mm. One of them had a Moog, and everyone was like, what is that <laughs> thing sticking up? And they were like, you know, and it's all just a bit daft, really. Do you remember that other French band that had a like had synths and a Moog? Um, I, get, I think it was two guys as well. Maybe they were more of them. Like Rhythm Digital? Do you remember oh, them? Yeah. They are around sort of a similar time, but it was a similar sort of setup. I mean, music wasn't yes, as beautiful right. as Air, but yeah, they, they had the same look. Yeah, that's what it is about Air. It's just beautiful, relaxing. You know, you can just ride your melt on it, can't you, really? Yeah, maybe it works better. I don't know. I've never seen the live, but maybe it works better in your bedroom on the CD player. I can tell you that it does. <laughs> 100%. Without Sean Lennon having a strop in the room. Yeah. Save your cash, you know, buy an album instead, <laughs> lie in your bed, listen to it and... And they will, in a lovely way, send you to sleep in the nicest possible way. Not because it's boring. So I'm going to skip um, Len's Steal My Sunshine because we've talked about it. Um, but here's one that isn't on the soundtrack, and I don't know why, but I love it so much. It's Lenny Kravitz is always on the run. Because talk about openers. I mean, this is just such an intro. Makes you want to swing your imaginary dreads like Lenny, you know? Yeah, swing your, swing your real hair. Ow! You are, Lily is. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> they do look like dreads sometimes. <laughs> we did talk about Lenny in the K-Pod. Um, dad was a big fan, wasn't he? I seem to recall. Yes, this has been the Mama Said album and my dad made us listen to it constantly in the car. We didn't go anywhere in the car for a good six months. I'm picturing you all swinging your locks in the car now, like Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> no, because I was 13 and my brother was 11 and we were sulking. So we're like, oh, this crap, you know. I um, thought you liked it at the time. No, but it was one of those things where you're a teenager and you want to listen to your music. Okay. And of course we could hear it was good. But having it shoved down your throat sometimes. Yeah, it's principle. Plus, this coincided with a very long car journey to the south of France. This was the only thing that was playing. Take that tape out, turn around, stick it back in, back to the beginning. We just Do you know what? Can't get yourself lucky. Again. If it had been my <laughs> mum driving, it would have been bloody Julio Iglesias. Okay, that is horrible. <laughs> Quite. Um, so, yeah, if you want to hear about Lenny a bit. We don't actually talk about this track, but we do talk about that Namaset and his amazing grip. Anyway, we're going to go on to Estero, which is sung for Holly. You familiar with Canadian artist? No. no. All right. Well then, tell me. I shall, since I find my notes. <laughs> Come on, lady, where are you? Was it Estero? It is, yes. So it is um, a blend of Esther the Hero from the Bell Jar. Oh, wow. She was a big fan. Real name is Jenny B. Englishman, and this is Song for Holly. Mm. So this track features Danny Sabre. Don't know if he rings a bell. It does ring bells. Why does it ring bells? Former Black Grape member. Right. It's actually American. Um, but um, so, yes. Very close with Sean Ryder and 
and Kermit and the rest of the band. <laughs> so he played guitar and bass and he produced their 1995 album, It's Great When You're Straight. Oh, I yeah. love that album. Yes. Um, he also remixed, fun fact, Garbage is a Stupid Girl and Corn's Make Me Bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, Garbage, yay, not for you, I know. Tell Corn, uh uh-uh. uh. We really should cover Garbage though. I don't really want to, but um, it was because my friend just got her driving license and we would drive for nearly an hour in a lot of traffic on the coast road into Brighton. And it was torturous. And this was just, well, not this, but the stupid girl track was playing non-stop. And it just fucked off so much. It, I just, it bothers me. It's still oh, 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 it's really sitting in traffic. Can you imagine though? Sitting in traffic. I'd have been alright. Again, better than Julio. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Shirley. Shut up. Anyway. No, I think Shirley rocks. She's eaten into Estero. Check out her back catalogue though. So good. She's contributed to a lot of soundtracks. Um, and she's worked with a lot of people. Very, very cool. Anyway. We'll do. Tom. I'll uh, just check out where we are. Oh, yeah. So... Estera's playing while they have lap dances. Uh, Lots of fake boobies. Um, Simon Ovs gets handsy because he's a prick. The whole lead up to this is like, you just know. The minute they're like, don't don't order champagne, don't touch the girls, you're like, oh Christ, it's going to get shot. Um, Another kind of, yeah, telling moments when the bouncer immediately assumes it's Marcus who's grabbed the ladies. And not Simon. Anyway, long story short, Simon shoots the guy in the arm. Which ends up being a bit of a plot device. Great track. Love that so much. Also, it has to be the Brit that does it. I don't know. It's just such a trope that, you know, the Brit has to be either the dick or the criminal. Do you know what? This inspired a quite interesting conversation with my husband, which was, he was like, I couldn't be friends with someone like that. Like... That kind of guy is just a complete nightmare to go out with, and you know. And so I was like, hmm. So you don't know anyone like him? And he was like, no, no I don't have any friends like that. And I was like, well, does, that, does it occur to you then that you might be him? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was only joking. So I just wanted to, mean. to say this officially on the podcast. It was just a kind of interesting, had it ever occurred to you? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you are, my love. Anyway. <laughs> moving on shall we move on very swiftly and this is another one that isn't on spotify unfortunately but it's steppenwolf remixed by philip steer and magic carpet ride which is great there's a whole car chase scene where the bouncer guy and his dad are chasing them down it's <laughs> so good and i normally find that too blokey like i hate those kind of crappy things but this one's a really really good one it keeps the energy up and there's no like hey i'm cool stunts it's just like everything cool that happens is a complete accident because they're idiots and doing completely dumb stuff and they're screaming and stuff it's very funny it's actually yeah it's one of my favorite it's a great track it is good uh then we get lion rock again which i'm obviously not going to play okay the next segment is when we meet adam and zach which is played by jane moore who was in um, Joe Maguire? He was the other sports agent who Tom Cruise was kind of Again, getting Tom edged out by. Not my favorite film. Yeah. And Sorry, Cameron. Scott Wolf, who was uh, in Part 2 5. 
So we find out they're daytime, daytime soap opera actors. They quote Alanis in the supermarket. <laughs> yes, yes, that did make me chuckle. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> um, I also saw it when uh, they go past Katie Holmes and she says, oh, gay men are so hot. She's putting stickers on all the bags of crisps. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah. I just, yeah, it seems so ludicrous now. Yeah. You had to sticker every single item in the supermarket. Yeah. How so destroying must that have been? I'm so glad I was too young to have worked in the supermarket back at that time. Why do you say that? I'm sitting in front of a packet of crisps here from TK Maxx that has a price sticker on it. That is very true. Yeah. Come on, get with it, TK. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take that back. We are in the dark ages still. I love TK though, so. I'm I'm going to open up this crunchy bag of crisps. Oh, this is going to be loud. Because, turn down the sound right now. The absence of (laughs) frazzles or bacon fries. Yeah. Ah, that's a good sound. It's very sad. Okay, have a crunch. Um, so, yeah, yada, 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 because we go back to the um, house where they're trying to get Rona. They're trying to even trap Rona to get them out of a pickle, basically, with a burger policeman. And, and then you kind of notice that the word go is creeping in here. So we have that back with Simon and the girls when he's having the threesome and they're saying, did you go, did you go? And then... Um, Zach, as we find out, basically warns Rona by saying, go. go. Yeah, it's like a refrain, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, interesting thing about this particular track, Magic Carpet Ride, remixed by Philip Steer, is that the video has the four guys from the Las Vegas scenes. Oh, so really? Diggs and Breckenmeyer. And, yeah, it's yeah. very, very cool. And they're the band in it. They start out by trying to impress women. Uh huh. And then they actually get on stage and then they're pretending to play all the instruments. It's, it's very cute. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, let me see. So, the original track um, was um, 60s band Steppenwolf. Um, it was released in 1968 originally, a lot slower than the this kind of remixed, punkier uh-huh. version. Um, linked to the last pod, Fatboy Slim again, is that Norman, tra- Norman Cook remixed uh, the track. Uh, for the video game Triple Play 2001. Don't know what it is. Never played it. Wasn't really into computer games back then. Are you now? Uh, no, but definitely more so. At least <laughs> I hear about it from my kid. Been known to dabble in a bit of Minecraft, haven't you? I, yeah. <laughs> back in the day. I was basically an OG of it, you know. I don't know what's going on now. They've got pandas and all sorts. You know that my kids have got a PlayStation? I really do want to get SingStar again. That was the one, my one video game. You hate singing. I hate singing, but I used to love SingStar. Yeah. Um, Yeah, when I first moved to Brighton. And our, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some great SingStar house parties. Okay. Get you out. I'm going to rock out. Um, so the guy who remixed this, Philip Steer, um, he basically opened the door while doing this track to have other people rethink 60s and 70s tracks and then just put a new 90s spin on them. So everyone has um, Phil to thank for all that. Uh, he also, interestingly, produced No Doubt's Hey Baby. Oh, good link. Yes. All right, moving on. Natalie and Brulia. 
Yes. Oh, your fame. Your, oh, I was waiting for this one. Amazing. <laughs> you know she's touring. Um, no, oh, I do not. Know. There goes your birthday present secret. No, there yes. goes our podcast friendship <laughs> and everything else. Do not do that to me. You love a shiny poop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, so this track is called uh, Troubled by the Way We Came Together. So long-time listeners will know that Natalie is known on this pod as the Polished Herd. <laughs> What do you actually think of this song, though? I think this is a nice song. It's fine. You know, I mean, I, I like it more than... Um, torn! Girl. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Stupid Girl versus Torn. You have to listen to one song for the rest of your one. life. I will take one. Okay. Seriously. Um, so, yeah, Polish Dirt is a reference uh, given to her by a very strange girl that I met at university um, who, who basically got into it with me because I was trying to play devil's advocate suggest that you know at least she could sing and this girl looked at me like I was the piece of shit and was like if you like polished turds okay then she liked Bentley Rhythm Ace so clearly I wasn't cool enough to talk to her I like Bentley Rhythm Ace and Natalie Imbruglia no to her it was extremely exclusive you know you can't mix that what the fuck is wrong with you yeah she's one of those people that's probably just locked in a bedroom still listening to vinyl and not being able to deal with any kind of you totally can mix them Bentley Rhythm Ace would have worked really well on the ghost soundtrack as well actually they would have yeah they were definitely up to that whole big beat scene there's a lot of that in this um, it was definitely a moment that this I mean, was not in this happening. specifically but yeah no the late 90s <laughs> everything but this polished herd <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry Natalie I think you're very lovely. You um, should come and see her with me. She's a very good actress. <laughs> Apologise to her face. She, she obviously can see everything, okay? But it's, it's a bit orcs, isn't it? Like, Who was she in Neighbours? Okay, so I believe, and I didn't check it because I felt so sure. Beth. Maybe I'm wrong. Beth. She peeks back on Neighbours as Beth in the early 90s as the girlfriend of... Henry! Craig McLaughlin. Beef Castle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved Henry. Um, we so, definitely need to do a neighbours pod. So there you got you got you got Henry, Craig McLaughlin, had a singing career. Mm-hmm. Natalie, obviously, Kylie and Jason. Boom. Yeah. Did Jim? Did Jim do such as well? Oh, love it. Love it. Jim. Jim, Jim ended up in all sorts of. He was in the Flying stuff, Doctors. Like, don't forget that he's in like Hollywood movies. Yes, you're he right. Plays he the, like, is, yeah. Rich, evil What's his bastard dad. What's his actual name? Oh, it's going to come to me. I bet that Paul got Stephen Dennis, didn't he have some kind of singing career as well? He looks oh, like yeah. the kind of guy that tried, like... He did do stuff, didn't he? Yeah, it was like karaoke. It was awful. The guy who played Jim is still working. Yeah, God, what's his name? He does really well. Guy Pierce, also. Yes, he was in Neighbours. Did he sing or did he only act? Let's let's face it, he probably did. He's um home and away, wasn't he? I think he was neighbours as well. Oh maybe he was. Maybe he did both. Anyway. Natalie famously married Daniel Johns of Silver Chair. Yeah. And stayed married for five years, which is, you know, an achievement in marriage, I reckon. Fun fact. She also dated David Schwimmer of Friends back in the nineties. Oh wow. Mike Young, he was Guy Pierce, sorry. Oh yeah, look it up. So this track was co-written uh, with Natalie Brillia by uh, Nick Seymour, who is the bassist for Crowded House. Ah. Uh, Hello, Antipodean. Okay. Um, and uh, I believe that that takes us to oh yeah, where they meet, we we meet 
Policeman Burke's wife, and it's Jane Krakowski. From yeah, Island yes, Girl. yes, yes. She's great, actually. She was also amazing in Thirty Rock. Yes, yes that's where I know from Thirty Rock. Not Ali McBeal wasn't. Yeah, she was actually her. really annoying. She's amazing. amazing. Then again, everyone Rock. in Ali McBeal was really annoying, if you recall. I didn't watch it. It was annoying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, she was also in Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, which yes. she was fantastic. She was. Oh, I might need to rewatch Kimmy Schmidt. That yeah, was so good. I might need to rewatch Thirty Rock. Um, and she plays the, the the wife, and they're just the most awkward couple. And you feel like for sure it's going to be some kind of hideous swingers thing because they don't understand these guys are gay, <laughs> and it turns out to be some Amway nightmare pyramid scheme <laughs> disgustingness. Oh, and Melissa McCarthy plays uh, Jimmy's roommate where they go around to his house to confront him. Oh, okay, right, yeah. And she's like, oh, do you guys know that this apparently was her first film role? Oh. Melissa McCarthy, famously Jenny McCarthy's cousin. I did not know that. Ooh. All right, then we go back to BT again. Um, speaking of which, uh, Jane... Um, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that, actually. Uh, Claire meets Todd at the cafe, which is so cute. Because she obviously doesn't know that he's basically witnessed what he thinks is the death of her best friend and doesn't tell her. But instead decides to bone her on the stairs because he's <laughs> such a nice guy. Um, and I believe that's when we that's when we get to, to Natalie. Now, there is another couple of tracks, which I mean, this one's called Cha Cha Cha. I'm not actually sure where it comes up in the film. So clearly missed it. It's fun, actually. It's not when they're shagging on the stairs, are they? No. Is that a communal stairway or is it his house? Communal stairway. Yeah, a yeah, bunch of flats, because that's why he's confused. Like, he says to the cat, how did you get out? And that's because the bouncers are upstairs. <laughs> that's why like, I'm going to kill you. Them. Yeah. <laughs> he was obviously doing the wrong stuff, wasn't he? Yes, I don't know where this track actually is. Yeah, I don't remember. It's very fun, though. So, this... Is called Jimmy Luxury and the Tommy Rome Orchestra. The big band possessed me from inside out. He's got class, real clout. The kind they talk about on the front page of the New York Times got the gift to Gavin. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. So it reminds me, like the spoken bit reminds me of uh, what was that other one that has a spoken bit <laughs> that you played me earlier? <laughs> Uh, to all the lovely ladies, Goldo. Oh, yeah. Definitely the same energy. Isn't it? Okay, so it's known as Swing Pop Rap Duo. They're from uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. So they've had, they've had tracks featured in uh, films such as Ocean's Eleven. Okay. Me, Myself, and Irene. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. Great movie. <laughs> um. So, O.T. Kato was originally in The Goats. His real name is James D'Angelo, also known as Tom Lone. Um, so, he's in The Goats. He left in 94 because the other members were doing too many recreational substances. <laughs> um, fun fact about The Goats is they gave hip-hop band The Roots their first gig as openers for their show. Oh. Nice one. Who's the brain who can cock this up? It's cute, right? Yeah, no, I like it. It's really fun. All right, so we have um, an Eagle Eye Cherry track. But again, I don't know where it is on the label. I don't even have a clue, actually. But um, again, it isn't on Spotify, so I had to find it someplace else. 
But it's actually lovely. Were you a fan of Eagle Eye Cherry? Well, just this, I mean, not a big fan. I mean, I like the singles. But I always thought it was a bit of a, uh, I don't know, what are we? Two, two or three hit wonder. Did you? My brother really liked him when he had, he had the album. And actually, listening back, I was ready to, to go, oh, yeah, you know, in the kind of Natalie and Bria kind of way, you know. Again, no disrespect, Natalie. They were a wonderful actress. <laughs> but actually, it's a lot better than you remember. I think, yeah, like, I, I, I like him now more, you know, it's that, like, nostalgia. But I think he just was, those few tracks were just really, really overplayed, I think. And so, I wasn't, a bit, a bit like the New Radicals, you know? Like, I don't think he was a dick like Greg Watts' face. But it was that kind of thing. They just kind of seeped in because they were constantly played. And I felt like I should like him, but I didn't much. Yeah, it's kind of a weird track for him as well. Yeah, it's usually a lot peppier. Yeah. So Eagle Eye Cherry famously in a cherry's uh, half-brother. This sounds to me a lot more like something in a cherry would put out. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we talked about later in the Beats for Bristol uh, trip hop. Actually, it sounds very steel to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So we did talk a lot about her unusual career in the B-Pod. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff I especially didn't, didn't know about her. Um, Eagle Eye was in, and apparently this, his unusual name comes from uh, after he was born. He had like one eye open and he was kind of cracking them with his eye and they thought he looked like an eagle. Uh, that's why he's called that, apparently. Um, he was in the same high school class as Jennifer Aniston and Chaz Bono back in New York. <laughs> yeah. Eagle Eye actually was an actor for his in his youth basically um, was guy number two in the Cosby show several other things to check out about the Cosby show I don't think so yeah no that's big cancel, but that's over it's finished well he's out now he's out now isn't he yeah. he's back yeah um, his uh, last track don't know where this came either um, I feel like I'm going to kick myself for this Hollow 440 and Cold Rock the Mic Good actually. Okay, so these are from Liverpool, our kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Trucking. Uh, so this track comes from their 99 album, Getting High on Your Own Supply. Actually, reached number 20 in the UK album chart. What are they called again? Apollo 440. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's coming back. Remember these guys? Yeah, they actually have quite a back catalogue. So, um, Big Beat Electronic again. I was going to tell you a fun fact about... Uh, oh, you know when you can't read your own writing? <laughs> <laughs> Frequently. Um, this single also appears on Gran Turismo 2. Oh. But as I was scrolling that down, Gran Turismo did not come out in any legible way. Um, again, the vocals on this track are provided by uh, a guy called Mary Biker, also known as Ian Hoxley, uh, who is currently popping to sell for singer. Okay. Uh, fun fact about the band, they appeared on Nevermind the Buzzcocks uh, in 99. 
I don't know what, I've got, I've got eight to eight, say it in my head now. I don't know if it's the numbers, it's like the doubling the numbers. Apollo for 40, yeah, 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 yeah. State. Apollo that, 404. Exactly. It's, it's the same era though, isn't yeah. it? Definitely. Um, these guys remixed Lion Rock for the last two Okay, I can see that. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to know about this one? Two samples. Um, the Wanton Song by Led Zeppelin and Pee Upon a Tree by Run DMC. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I think that will bring us to the end of our Go Soundtrack policy. Amazing. That was fascinating. Very well researched. Thank you. I think I forgot to talk about Lion Rock nearly yet. But you know, you mentioned them. We could come back <laughs> to them at a, at a time in the future. And until <laughs> then... Uh, until then, friends of the pod, go uh, send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, SoberGXP. Uh, you can leave us a message on Anchor. You can leave us a review. Five you stars. Go and leave us those five stars, please. So, so genuinely, nice. it would be massively helpful in getting us out there to more people. Yeah, we need to pay that forward as well. We need to pick a pod every week and just mention them and yeah, also give them five stars yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay until next time we're gonna go <laughs> oh ta